Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Former State Senator George Maziarz. George, good morning. Happy Sunday. Good morning, Joe. Happy Sunday to you, too. Hey, George, uh, you know, we heard out of uh, Albany or out of... Uh, out of the uh, attorney general's office this week, uh, Tish James, she brought charges to former president Donald Trump. George, what do you think of these charges, the timing of these charges, and, and really what's, what's the likely outcome of something like this? Well, it's, 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 it's not about the law. It's not about what Donald Trump does. It's, it's about the Democrats' obsession uh, with Donald Trump, with uh, uh, trying to... Uh, dirty him up before 2024. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's wrong. It's, uh, you know, just crazy. I mean, you know, she brings this lawsuit, what, six six weeks, seven weeks before, you know, she's on the ballot for re-election. The day after the lawsuit, she sends out a fundraising email from her political campaign to, uh, uh, you know, fundraise off the fact that she's suing Donald Trump, you know, which obviously with, with donors to her campaign, with, with the, you know, far left progressive Democrats, that that's going to resonate, you know. So I, I think the timing was all about politics more than about the law. It's it's really uh, incomprehensible and sad that, that an attorney general, a law enforcement officer would do such a thing. But I think in our in our hyper political atmosphere out there, this is this is what we're going to see more of. Do, do you think any actual uh, convictions will come out of this, George, or is this something yeah, that will... First of all, it's, it's a civil lawsuit. It's not a criminal lawsuit. Uh, I, I think, listen, if she could have charged Donald Trump, if she had evidence uh, to charge Donald Trump with a crime, she would, have, she would have gone the criminal route. I, I, you know, this is a civil lawsuit. It's going to take uh, years. You know, the, the sad part with these civil lawsuits is is that, you know, you, the person being sued, in this instance, the, the Trump, Donald Trump, his children, you know, you, you have to make a judgment somewhere along the line. Am I going to spend, you know, a million dollars on legal fees stretching this thing out and fighting it? Or, you know, am I going to settle for $200,000 and get this monkey off my back? Almost all of them, and I, probably 95% of the cases, people settle it, pay a fine, admit no wrongdoing, and go on with their lives, which which is a shame because, you know, then the news media reports all – you know, Donald Trump was fined. And, 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 you know, Eric Schneiderman, the previous attorney general, uh, before he resigned in disgrace, uh, did the exact same thing with Trump University and Donald Trump. It's just a rehashing of the same old thing. You know, George, it is interesting. You mentioned how Tish James put the fundraising, fundraising email out and then Donald Trump did the exact same thing after the lawsuit was filed. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So it's more.
more about raising money for both sides, I guess. <laughs> now, uh, George, you know, Tish James, uh, she did have a, a short run for governor, but the, the Democratic representative uh, is Governor Kathy Hochul going against Lee Zeldin. Have you seen any movement in that um, that race as we get close to Election Day between Zeldin and Hochul? You know, Joe, I'll tell you the, the one factor that is really going to play in this election, I think, uh, is is voter turnout. Uh, we are going to see, unfortunately and sadly, I think a historically low voter turnout. Um, there are no, there are not a lot of hot races underneath throughout the state. Um, you know, local races. I'm talking about competitive assembly, senate races. Uh, there's not a lot to bring people out. Um, you, you know, we we just had you know the the very combative uh, Palladino Langworthy congressional primary. What was the voter turnout? 13, 14%, something like that. I think Lee Zeldin could pull this thing out. You know, uh, you know, clearly Kathy Hochul in New York State, any Democrat has the advantage just by sheer numbers, uh, by dollars raised. But with a low voter turnout, what I've learned over the years is low voter turnout, anything can happen. So I think Lee Zeldin has a, a, a very good shot. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, the, the, on the Republican side, it's all about crime, effective government business, lowering taxes on the Democratic side. You know, it's, it's all about, uh, uh, you know, abortion and, and you know, the, the, the fact that New York is just doing great in their mind. How important is upstate to Lee Zeldin? Obviously, he has to get votes in downstate because that's where the population is. But, you know, I have seen so many Lee Zeldin signs. There was a plane before the Monday night game, George, flying with a Lee Zeldin banner. How important is upstate for Lee Zeldin? Upstate is extremely important because Lee Zell is going to do very well upstate. You, know, you have uh, you have uh, very conservative voters, uh, uh, people who are are very concerned about about the Democrats in Albany taking away their their Second Amendment rights as as well they should be. Uh, I, I think Lee is going to do very well upstate here. You know he's got, as I would say, two major problems. The major problem being that unfortunately, you know, most of the population rests in Westchester, New York City. Uh, in Long Island. Now, Lee is from Long Island. I think he's very well in Suffolk County. Uh, you know, Nassau County is 1.5 million people. You know, he's going to have to do well there. And that's what George Pataki did. You know, George Pataki did very well when he won in the suburbs, in, in, in Westchester County, in, in, in Putnam, Dutchess, those bigger downstate counties. Now, up here in western New York, Lee's going to do very well in the outlying counties, no question about it. You know, Erie County, you know, Kathy Hochul is from Erie County. She's from Buffalo. You know, she, she served here as a, as, a, as a county clerk on a Hamburg Town Board. People know her. I think people like her. You know, she's a likable person. Unfortunately, you know, she's gone way too far to the left. She was much more likable when she was, you know, on the more conservative right side when she was in, in, in Congress. You know, you know, but, you know, people have uh, an affinity for voting for a hometown person. Uh, you know, I found that out in all the elections that I ran. You know, I was born and raised in the city of North Tonawanda. You know, every election that I ran, even though North Tonawanda was predominantly Democratic, I won big there because people knew me. I think I was from there. You know, you're, you're, you're proud of a hometown person. So I think Lee's got some work to do in Erie County. The other problem is there's really no, you know, really competitive major elections uh, underneath them in Erie County. So that, that's going to be a competitive race there in Erie County. That's where Lee has to make it a competitive race in Erie County. He's going to do fine in the outlying counties. Are you surprised that Kathy Hochul only, uh, or I'm sorry, Governor Kathy Hochul only agreed to one debate? No, I'm not surprised at that at all. I think that she, you know, whenever 
you, you, you know, whenever the pollsters are all telling you it's your head, whenever you've raised much more money, you know, the last thing you want to do is get into a confrontation with your opponent where you could make a very big mistake. Uh, you know, you know, and, and I also think, you know, with this more recent uh, uh, revelations about, uh, you know, this pay-to-play scandal where, you know, New York paid much higher for some COVID testing than the state of California did. I don't think she wants to get into answering questions about things like that. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, that she would uh, uh, re- refuse to debate. I think I think Lee has to use that to his advantage, though, and get out there and say, you know, Kathy, why are you hiding? You know, what, 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 why won't you answer these questions? The voters deserve an answer. Now, George, obviously the next governor is going to either be continue to be Governor Kathy Hochul or Lee Zeldin. But I cannot talk about governor without asking you about Andrew Cuomo, who a few weeks ago started buying advertising on Facebook. If you if you could read the mind of former Governor Andrew Cuomo, what do you think his next move is going to be in New York politics? I think he's going to run for governor. I think he's going to run for governor in four years from now. I think he's setting himself up for it. You know, Joe, this this may come to shock to some of your listeners, but it's not going to come as a shock to a whole lot of Albany insiders out there. Um, you, you know, the whole redistricting issue that was thrown into a, a, a you know absolute bedlam by the Court of Appeals in New York State, by the seven-member Court of Appeals, uh, in a four-to-three vote, voted against the Democratic legislators' uh, uh, plan, you know, which threw the whole congressional and state senate elections into chaos, you know, and mostly, mostly hurt the Democratic Party, made, you know, lifelong Democrats who served in Congress for 30 years running against each other, um, you know, the, the vote on the Court of Appeals to reject that plan was four to three. It was led by the chief judge, Janet T. Fiore. Janet T. Fiore is very close to Andrew Cuomo. Uh, a cynical person might say that Andrew Cuomo was behind that decision. Like a lot of people in Albany felt, still feel, will always feel that Andrew Cuomo was behind that decision to stick it to the Democrats in the state legislature. Personally, I believe that. I think he's going to make a comeback. He's got a lot of money in the bank. And, uh, you know, you can see he's, he's suing Tish James now. Uh, you know, he, he's not going away. I can tell you that. George, before we get to uh, some more of the state uh, elections that are coming up, and I really want to get into that with you, I've got to ask you about this because, you know, I look at this and go, wait, what? Um, But New York is seeking a new deputy commissioner for climate change. Can you explain the deputy commissioner for climate change, what their job in Albany is? Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, It's to carry out the progressive Democratic, you know, assembly and Senate agenda for raising prices uh on energy costs in new york state you know they're going to they're going to push more solar wind um you know in places where it shouldn't be you know there are there are some very good places for solar and wind in new york state uh it, it's 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 a totally useless position i can tell you that Joe. and i would say this if i was on a on the floor of the senate and vote against it it a deputy commissioner of climate change is just a, a waste of time effort and money. It's going to raise the cost of of doing business in New York. It's going to raise the cost. It's going to raise energy costs in New York. You know, we've already seen that home heating prices this winter are going to be, it's estimated, maybe 50% higher than last year. This is going to make it worse. 
Now, going on to those elections, George, uh, the state Senate, um, as we've talked about the new districting, and I think, George, uh, let me know if you if you agree, there are still people out there, as much as it's been talked about, that are confused about just exactly what district they are, they are in come in November. No question. Every 10 years, you know, it changes, and towns and cities and lines change, and people get confused because they, they know, you know, for a long time, you know, uh, uh, voters... Knew that you know a, a person like Ed Rath was their state senator, you know, and and now all of a sudden they're in you know Pat Gallivan's district, uh, you know it is confusing to the voters, uh, you know, but, but look every ten years, you know by law you you have to redraw these districts, you have to make them even, and uh, and this year this year it was done at least on the state senate side and the congressional side by an independent uh, individual through that court order that I mentioned earlier, so. You know, if anything, it wasn't done by the by the uh, politicians to to basically make it better for themselves. You know, I'm I'm shocked. Even with a private independent redistricting, we don't have a lot of competitive races. Certainly here in Western New York, I think you know, with all due respect to all the candidates that are running, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Republican, so I'm not objective. I kind of favor that side. But really, I think the only competitive state Senate race that we have is uh, is Ed Rath and Sean Ryan. And that's the one I want to ask you about, George. Uh, Ed Rath, I Sean. knew you would. I knew you would, Joe. You put me on the spot. <laughs> Ed Rath, Sean Ryan. We are talking about two incumbents running against each other. Ed Rath, who at one point was going to bow out and not run, now running against Sean Ryan. Uh, who has the advantage in the way the district is drawn? And right now, I know we're still you know, two months out. Where do you think this election stands? Okay. Well, well Ed Rath is going to bow out prior to the redistricting, when his district was clearly not, his district was almost completely obliterated. Um, right now, you know, with, with the, the independent redistricting uh, uh, person, not even a commission, a person that drew the lines, you know, it's, it's, it's more competitive. And Ed decided then, you know, to get back in, uh, which he, he clearly should have done. I think it was the right thing for him to do. You know, I mean, the district, as I understand it, has 50,000 more Democrats and it does Republicans. That's that's not a good sign for for Ed Rath. Um, but by the way, and let me say this again. I want to go back to the fact that I'm not real objective. I'm a Republican, and I'm in, and I am particularly interested in Republicans gaining seats in the New York State Senate because that's where I served for 20 years. But having said that, just by way, I guess of of, of, of you know full disclosure, you know both of them are very good people. Ed Rath and Sean Ryan. I've worked with them both. They're both. Excellent legislators. They really care about their constituents. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a competitor base. I think we're going to start to see the commercials coming on pretty soon. Um, I think the Democrats probably have more money uh, to get the, the word out and the message out. Knowing those two, I, I, I don't think it's going to be personal. Um, uh, you know, they're both nice guys. I, I just don't think it's going to be personal between them. I think the Democrats are going to say, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, abortion rights and abortion, abortion. Uh, the, the, the Republicans are going to say crime, crime, crime. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a low voter turnout. I think Eddie Rath stands an excellent chance. I think some people think, well, it, it has the city of Buffalo in it. Sean Ryan's certainly going to do well in the city of Buffalo. Amherst has been trending Democratic. You know, that may not be good for, for Ed. But as Ed is from Amherst. He's, 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 you know, he's been, in the, I think, an Amherst resident his entire life. You know, um, he's got a great pedigree with, you know, his, his, his grandfather and his mom. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see good things for, for Eddie Rath. 
if Ed Rath were to defeat Sean Ryan, that would be a gain for Republicans overall, right? Oh, it would be a huge gain for Republicans in a district that now has a, an overlay of 50,000 more Democrats. That would be a huge, a huge victory for, uh, for Republicans. And not all impossible. Remember, I, I said earlier, Joe, we have low voter turnout. Uh, remember the uh, Senator Grisani race from uh, back in 2010? You know, that one was, uh, you know, nobody had ever thought Mark Rosani was going to pull that off, and he did. Ed Rath can do this. And going uh, to other state, well, you know, other state elections, obviously, but we talked, last time uh, you were on, we talked about the uh, primary that got uh, more advertising than I've heard in the gubernatorial race yet, um, and that was between Carl Paladino and Nick Langworthy. Nick Langworthy won that. He's heading uh, to the... Uh, general election against Max Delapia, who uh, also ran in the special election in August. Um, were you surprised by the outcome of that primary? And what do you think about the general election matchup? I was surprised. But, but when you look at, at the turnout, um, you know, uh, uh, only but 13, 14 percent of Republican voters came out to vote. I was shocked at that, more so actually than results. But, uh, you know, I was yeah, I, w- I was surprised. I thought uh, Carl Palagino would do much better in those uh, southern tier towns, you know, uh, 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 gun rights supporters, uh, you know, Carl was, 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 you know, number one in their book. But, uh, you know, as far as the general election, oh, I think Langworthy is going to win in a, in a, in a landslide. Yeah, it's, it's a very conservative Republican area. Um, I, I just I, I don't think the Democrat really stands much of a chance. You know, uh, going to that special election in August, uh, George, Joe uh, Sempowinski ran against Max Delpia and won. He's in Congress now for five months. Uh, what do you think um, on his agenda? What what can you accomplish in five months in a in a house of government like that? <laughs> not not much in a in a in a in a uh, in a body of four hundred thirty five people, some of whom have been there for decades. You know, I, I think it's it's uh, more of a Cosmetic thing. I'm glad that the voters down there have the residents down there have a uh, have a representative of Congress. I think it's important, you know, particularly, you know, it's, it's more important, let's say, for constituent services. You know, someone's having a problem with the Veterans Administration. You know, they have a they have a, a, an office to call a congressman to call and that congressman staff can, can you know, get to the VA or get to, you know, the, the Environmental Protection Agency or some small business has a, some you know regulatory issue with a federal agency they can call their congressman and say look I don't understand this can you help out I think that's what that's what the next four months is going to be more so than any uh, certainly than any earth-shattering legislation now bring it back to Albany as you know I like to do with you George and uh, this from the Times Union a few days ago New York has the fourth highest debt in the nation and it's rising now obviously I'm going to ask uh, this question of Erie County um, Comptroller Kevin Hardwick, but I'd like your opinion on this. And you know, it's rising. What does New York need to do to stop? I mean, you've got the fourth highest debt in the nation, and still adding to that. Uh, from your experience in Albany, what does New York need to do to stop this debt from getting well, even more out of control? Joe, the answer is pretty easy: stop, stop spending, and 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 stop raising taxes. Uh, but but it's not going to happen with the. People that are currently in control in Albany, you know, unless you elect Lee Zeldin, you know, unless you have a strong governor like George Pataki was, who's going to who's going to put the brakes on it, you know, it, it, it's 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 not going to happen. Uh, the progressive liberal leftist New York City, um, you know, Westchester, Dutchess, Putnam uh, people are just uh, you know, or elected people are uh, you know, they don't think about tomorrow. They only think about you know what's what's going to 
do good today. You know, we're going to take care of everybody. You know, this influx of immigrants. I, I think you, at least I read in the in the in the, in the media accounts, these people that uh, Governor DeSantis sent to Martha's Vineyard, or the the, the people that that uh, uh, they're, they're sending to some other enclaves around, all want to go to New York. You know, they all want to come to New York. You know, Texas Governor Abbott. You know, once these migrants hear that they're being overwhelmingly welcomed, the mayor is meeting them at the bus station. They're all going to come here. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's something we, uh, we we touched on last week, George. And um, you're right. I mean, the, it, it's still going to uh, be set. Do you think if it, if there's a governor Lee Zeldin, let's go to to that. If there's a governor Lee Zeldin, he would still have you know the majority Democrats ruling um, the assembly and the state senate in Albany. How difficult would that make his job? Actually, it's going to make his job very difficult. And, you know, we've seen examples of that in our in our neighboring states like Massachusetts and Vermont. Massachusetts and Vermont are both heavily Democratic states, yet both of them have Republican governors, ironically. Um, and and unfortunately, and sadly, particularly I think in, the, in the case of Massachusetts, the governor uh, has been unable really to get very much accomplished at all and I think is, is not running for reelection because of that. Um, you know, Lee has to really get the message out about crime, particularly downstate, in New York City, the company that I currently work for, Joe, they sent me to New York City last week. And, it was, and I thought it was kind of interesting. The company put out a, 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 a notice uh, to, to the, you know, the employees that were, that were going to New York City on business, you know, uh, do not take public transportation. The company will pay extra money for Uber or for a private car service. Do not go out at night to a restaurant. The company will pay extra money to have food brought in, you know, it, it, you know, it, it had like 10 points. Do not do this. Do not do that. You know, I think Lee's got a, and I think he will do a great job of bringing that out downstate in those counties that are affected by the unbelievable crime wave that you have. And people fear walking down the street. Yeah, you know that's that's really what this election has become about. You, you hear the the few commercials that you hear for governor. Um, you know, there, there's four things you hear depending on the candidate: crime, abortion, Trump, and the economy. Uh, if you could read the mind of voters going to the polls in November, George, what do you think is number one on their list? Um, well, it depends on where you're at. I think downstate, it's it's it's, pro- it's probably crime, which I think is helpful to Lee Seldon. Upstate, it's probably the economy. Uh, Second Amendment rights, um, you know, those I think are the are the, the key issues for for both candidates. George, before we get you out of here, I got to ask you one more question, and this is something that you know we saw with President Joe Biden's speech uh, a few weeks ago, and we see on social media, we see from other politicians, and, and it's from both sides of the aisle. I'm not I'm not saying it's one side or the other, but you know, when we, when we talk with you, you always talk about. You know, uh, Sean Ryan, you said Sean Ryan, a Democrat, but you got along with him. You think he's a nice guy. You don't hear as much of that in politics anymore. You, you hear that, you know, if it's a Democrat talking, oh, that Republican, oh, they're dangerous. It's, uh, you know, our democracy is at, at, at risk. And then if it's a Republican, you hear the same thing about a Democrat. You know, when, when talking with you, it's just about policy. And, and you know, you, you always have something nice to say, even about uh, former Governor Cuomo. You've had nice things to say. Is that lost in today's politics that, you know, hey, we have a disagreement over policy, but we can still get along as people, as humans, as Americans, as New Yorkers. I think it has. I think the whole, uh, you know, when, when 
people with uh, really strong ideological uh, uh, thoughts, you know, they get involved and, and, and they think, and I don't know, Joe, maybe it's because I'm getting a little bit older now, you know, but people think, you know, look, my way is the right way and there's no other way. And, and, you know, the other people on the other side are, are, are just wrong. I, you know, it wasn't so much like that when I was in the state Senate, uh, you know, maybe today, I think there's more of an ideological divide and people just want to stick by what they believe and think, you know, the other side is totally wrong. You know, I mean, I have strong thoughts too on things, you know, like abortion, gun rights, you know, and, and I think most Republicans do. And, uh, you know, the other side feels just as strongly the other way, you know, we try not to make it personal, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that, that gets get, that gets involved. George, always great catching up with you. I hope you have a great George, Sunday. Go you. Bills. Thank you. Let's, let's go. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.